there was actually something that I saw. Um, and this guy was like standing close to a pool and he had his phone on and yeah. <laughs> the camera was switched off and he was like, he was essentially in a meeting and he, um, the, the person that was leading the meeting was like, okay, everybody please turn on your cameras. And he was like looking at the screen like, wait, I'm like in the pool right now. Which <laughs> is really the reality of, it's amazing to really be able to work virtually, but I think yeah. the systems to support um, the habits as well, we need, we need to strike the right balance. Hello and welcome to the Broad Mindset Podcast. Your host is me, Asteria Ambata Pirola. I'm so excited to finally be broadcasting this show and hosting it all the way from Milan, Italy. Join me along with me together with an exclusive list of guests who are thought leaders, academics, creators, entrepreneurs, and scientists, all starting us off from the Namibian landscape. What are we talking about? Everything as it pertains to doing things better and mentally elevated to bring forth the best versions of ourselves in their respective industries. So listen along and hit the subscribe button or simply share an episode that deeply resonated with you. Stay soon. Ciao. So welcome once, once again. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Asteria, for having me on this platform. I'm actually I'm very, very honored to be one of your guests. Um, the sixth guest. Um, so yeah, I'm very, very honored. And um, I'm hoping that this conversation, which is what you asked really for this to be, and more of a discussion um, above all else. Exactly. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm hoping that this discussion really will shed some light on the exciting prospects of uh, freelance work, remote work, and just generally the world of work and how it's progressing. So to start off, to introduce myself. So I am Jonas. I Jonas Ileka. I always struggle to actually yeah. kind of define or describe myself. I'm always afraid yeah. to put myself in a box. Um, exactly. So I, I, yeah, I think the one thing perhaps in the context of the conversation, if for me that comes out very strongly, is I'm deeply passionate about people uh, and innovation as well as sustainable development. Um, so yeah. conversations such as this really excite me. Um, at the moment, I'm serving as the senior human resources business partner for organizational development and learning. It's a mouthful. So a senior yeah. HRB for ODNL at the Namibia University of Science and Technology. And um, uh, in my private capacity, I am a co-founder of a small climate change startup here in Ventuk. Um, I serve on a, yeah, I serve on a, uh, non-profit board um, yeah. as well as uh, doubling up as a chairperson for the startup. Generally what I'm what I'm currently busy with, um, very exciting things that NAST is looking at especially in the areas of flexible work and digital transformation we're really gearing up to catch up, if I may, if I may say with fourth industrial revolution and be proactive for the fifth industrial revolution. So I think yeah. we'll touch on some of the things that we're busy with in the context of the conversation. Exactly. And that, I mean, it's not even a mouthful. I think um, you perfectly summarized it. And I love the fact that, you know, you mentioned that you're also a co-founder, which is extremely relevant to the conversation that we're going to be having. Um, I'm not sure if you already looked at some of the guests that have been on the show, but most of them are um, founders and CEOs and from various industries. But that's obviously not you know, the full scope of why I'm inviting the guys, why I'm inviting that specific group of people. 
right? Sure. I'm looking for, you know, people that are able to think outside the box, um, you know, in everything. And it will make sense as we're progressing along because yeah. that type of thinking creates products and services and it propels change. And those are, mm. those are the key conversations that I'm super interested in right now. And I have taken a very private interest to make sure that some solutions are, you know, we will show or we will develop a lot of things that will actually um, exhibit that you can you can innovate at a fraction of a cost. So anyway, let me not um, digress um, from the main focus of the conversation. Um, so anyway, super exciting. And you particularly mentioned that you're working at Nest. And for those that are going to be listening in, um, I used to work at Nest as well. So we are, that's why our paths have crossed. Um, yeah. <laughs> and long story short, here we are, but the university yeah. has immense, immense potential and it's a rich resource yeah. of key minds. Yes. So I'm super excited to hear about, uh, to hear more about the fact um, that you're also, you know, looking into flexible working options and how your experiences have been around that. So perhaps in the next conversation point, we can touch on the strengths that you're borrowing from. Um, know, navigating your, your senior role, um, being on the board for all the things that you're doing in a private capacity, what strengths are you currently tapping into to make sure the work is done and still, you know, um, bringing value to to the table in, very, in your various capacities? So, yeah, tell us. That's a, yeah. yeah, that's a fantastic question, uh, Ms. Um I, As you know, obviously, the past two and a half years have been a mess <laughs> with the whole global pandemic and everything is changing so fast. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've really had to dig deep uh, into into my strengths. And, you know, the name of the podcast is obviously the Growth Mindset Podcast. And one of the things I, I, I must say if that has helped me not just to pull through, but actually do well uh, besides um, all of the challenges is just having a growth mindset. Um, yeah. A friend of mine, a good friend of mine, likes to joke and say, "We never use the F word," and yeah. obviously that F word is kind of failure. So, yeah. always having a growth mindset, being positive, always looking for ways to um, to be better. Um, exactly. They say excellence is it's not a it's not a, a practice, but it's a, a habit. You know, being exactly. better, trying to find ways to learn new skills, and just Keep being flexible. Exactly. exactly. To, Keep it moving, be flexible to adapt to the change. Um, I think those are really some of the strengths that have uh, that have carried me through. Yeah, super. And I love the fact that you said, um, you know, it carried, it carried you through, but the, a shift must have happened for you to realize that, um, you know, for you to move forward, you obviously have to just keep evolving, keep reinventing the wheel. And... I want everybody else who's obviously going to be listening to this and getting on the show as well. Not that, you know, I don't want to create mini, mini versions of myself, but it's just to also share some of my own experiences that I've never been like this, you know, the way that I'm, my way of thinking, my way of doing things. But I mm. came from a, a point of really wanting to tap into each internal Capacity and also just each version of myself and seeing how mm. that is going to be um, 
yeah, how that's going to be strengthened in whatever industry, environment. Um, and as I'm looking back right now and where I am currently, it's been an amazing journey. And it's also very exciting to see that, okay, if I was able to do all of this, what yeah. more is there? You know, what other versions of myself have I not met yet? And exactly. yeah, that's, that's amazing. So having said that, and moving on to the next conversational point as well, um, which is really talking about the more work related aspect of doing work, of, of, of living essentially. What do you think yeah. in your capacity, um, in your role? How is, how is, um, work-life balance perceived? Um, what is, are they readiness, um, for incorporating the flexible working, um, strategies that you are at the forefront of? And mm -hmm. yeah, just lead us from, from that point of view. And let's talk sure. about that. Sure. Sure. Uh, thanks, Estelia. I, um, the way I view it in terms of work-life balance is that it has really come to the fore um, this past two years since the pandemic started. It has really, really come to the fore. Um, we've had to take a complete shift from focusing not not just on work-life balance, but actually work-life integration, where the, the boundaries are kind of blurred, um, especially when we were all kind of forced to work from home. Um, there's no really fixed working hours. Um, I would see emails flying at midnight from the team. Um, yeah. there's not really face to face interaction. It's just Zoom and no calls dropping and people speaking while they're on mute, you know. So it was a very, yeah. <laughs> it was, a different, <laughs> it was a, a different world for all of us, really. So already work-life balance, I think, is something for most organizations that's not really uh, receiving the priority that it should. But yeah. now more than ever, I think there's a need for it. It's really one of those things where we need to not just create awareness, but also give people the skills required to yes, have a work-life balance and, and give them um, avenues, um, whether it's through staff benefits or whether it's through uh, just encouragement and checking in with the, with teams and so forth, just to make sure that people actually understand why it's important and how to do it. Because you can always do it as well. And, you know, Excellent. so I think it's one of, um, as you rightfully put it, I think it's one of those things that we, that desperately, we desperately need to look at, um, and, and build capacities around if we want to be ready for, um, a hybrid work, which is where the world is at now already and which is where uh, most organizations especially in Namibia need to be working towards getting so uh, work-life balance and work-life integration is a very very big part of the conversation exactly and I love you said um, you know that in, individuals need to own certain skills right and those are the skills that for example um, that you as you're reinventing yourself you're picking up new ways of doing things you become more enhanced in whatever capacity that you're working in. And I think for you, for in your position especially, I think moving into remote working, dig digitalization, having certain skills and also just getting on par with what is happening on the global scale, mm -hmm. can that realization it needs to be, you know, it needs to be brought home because you cannot um, compete or think about competing within the fourth industrial revolution, 
if you don't understand um, certain tools, and Zoom is like the most, it's right now, it's the most basic. Um, yeah. There are so many other tools that are coming out that are, yeah, that are, you know, at the pace of how technology is evolving. Definitely. Um, all, you know, all with the intention of maximizing productivity and all of that. So if we're talking specifically from a skill point of view, how yeah. do you think, um, you know, just to entice um, your your workforce now specifically, how yeah. can you encourage, um, you know, your colleagues, everybody else to really start looking into, even if it's just spending 30 minutes per day on a free course, how do you, yeah. how 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 do you get to that point, basically, of motivating um, people to learn more, to try out new technology, try out new tools? You don't have to limit yourself to a Zoom call uh, or a Zoom um, application. There's so so many ways of you know running virtual teams. So, yeah, yeah. Talk to us about that. That's a great question, and and I think it links to uh, something um, that caught my attention that you mentioned uh, when you said that you used to work for NAST. And it's that it's a very rich environment. Um, there's a lot of resources, whether it's human resources, whether it's technological resources. So um, from, from the context of NAST, we are quite fortunate in that sense. We have a lot of internal expertise. So last year, for example, we piloted what we, what we called an internal learning model. Where we wanted to see how we could leverage these internal human, human capital resources as well as technological resources and learning resources to basically roll out a sustainable um, a platform, a learning management system, which would be sustainable in that it would have courses that people could access yeah. it from anywhere, anytime, to try and build some of these um, capacities. And one of the yes. things that we focused on is um, basically starting with why. People need to know why this is important because a lot of us uh, become kind of um, old gods if I can call it, because you've always done yes. something a certain way, you don't, you don't, you don't understand why you should change it. Because now you can do it with your eyes closed. Um, you can do it basically. Basically, anyone can call it anytime. You're able to do it now. These technological changes force you actually to change, and change is not an easy thing for a lot of people. So we, as part of our change management. Um, strategy we started with why making people understand that this is the direction that the world is moving into and kind of also managing the expectations because a lot of people there's a lot of fear and misinformation around the fourth industrial revolution around concepts such as working from home and digital transformation so just managing people's expectation um, people have fears around losing their job to technology for example um, exactly. people have you know a fear of um, if they have team members that are more technologically advanced, if I can say, or more yeah. tech savvy than they are. So they think that's competition. So basically change management was a big part of it. But in terms of the yeah. actual skill set, um, uh, I think we focused a lot on, we had a course um, which was delivered actually by one of your earlier guests, uh, Vivette, yeah. who's a good colleague of mine. Um, so she developed a course called Virtual Leadership. So we've started from the top, basically. Um, to assist our supervisors, our managers, generally the leaders on how to manage virtual teams when people were working from home. And so that created a sort of buy-in from their side. So managers were a bit more um, confident to have people work from home or to have people work flexibly and hybrid. 
and on hybrid structures because they knew this is how I lead a team, even though they I don't see them every day. And that reduced a lot of things like micromanagement and all of these other things. So virtual leadership was a big part of it. But we also focused on collaboration and workflow management tools like Trello, Slack, yeah. uh, MS yes. Suite. Yeah. Yes. And, and as you said, the communication ones obviously are very important. Like you said, Zoom exactly. is the basic, but there's also like yeah. Teams, Google Workplace, etc. Uh, but the exactly. hardest ones, I think, and, and which are also the most critical ones, I think, is the behavioral ones. One of yes. the most important things, obviously, in working in a flexible or remote team is teamwork and collaboration. You need to be able to work with others. Uh, communication exactly. is another big one. You need to be need to know this type of communication. It this needs to be an email. This needs to be a meeting. And how often do you communicate? You know, exactly. you need to be, for example, also self-directed. You know, you can't wait to be told what to do all the time. So these are some, yeah. some of the skills. No, I love that. And uh, Vivette, the conversation that I had with her was super interesting as well. And there's so many other conversations that still need to be uploaded. But yep. we are going to do amazing work together as, 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 the, yeah, as we move on to the second phase of this. But Exciting. everything that you just said is so, so, it's so, so re- relevant because the fear of technology, that I don't think it's ever going to go away because everything else, we, it will keep reinventing and now it's reinventing itself at a very yeah. fastest pace, um, pace. So we just need to keep up. We need to, you know, to do better. And it is definitely, it's just, yeah. And it's just super interesting as well when you said that some of the behavioral aspects, which not a lot of people actually focus on when we're talking about leadership confidence. Mm-hmm. And those are the, the, the elements that you mentioned, those are the ones that are, that tank great strategies because you can have a very yeah. beautiful strategy, but if you have a team that is completely not motivated, self-motivated, um, it, it's, it's going to drive down all the work that you've done, um, essentially. Exactly. So moving on to, and we touched briefly around, um, yeah, virtual leadership, um, what are some of the challenges that you probably like foresee, um, particularly with uh, virtual leadership? And if we have to go, for example, into complete hybrid work systems, what are some of the challenges that you are anticipating in that space? All right. Um, this is from a, a leadership perspective, yeah? Yes. All right. Uh, I think some of the challenges really are from... Um, it's really performance management. Um, it's a huge, huge one. And it was actually one of the main concerns of supervisors because a lot of people, um, even after the, the, the curfews and you know, the lockdowns, a lot of people still wanted to work from home. In fact, even before the pandemic, people wanted to work from home. But the concern was always how do you manage the performance of people when you can't see them, when you can't check in on them. On them when you can use all these traditional kind of ways to assess productivity. So performance management is a really, really big one. So institutions or organizations that don't have a performance management system in place, they don't have a performance management culture uh, centered around setting clear targets and having continuous feedback uh, and communication uh, pipelines, they really struggled um, because... When people were working from home, the, the, the leaders or the supervisors would rather try to kind of micromanage and check up on you and 
you know, see if you're online. <laughs> but you know what we're learning is that such time is not does not really determine productivity. So I think really performance management is, is a is a big one, both in terms of understanding what it is and how one can use it as a tool um, to get the most out of your team. I think another one is um, I think what we've touched on work life balance. Really, that's a, a major major one. Um, this this concept of e wellness now that's coming. Um, to the fore where people are spending way too much time um, on on online and you know using yeah. this technological advancement so that's another yeah. concern so that brings with it burnout and exactly. um, you know and Over, all of that overcome yeah on overcompensating as well um, exactly now that you're not you know in a physical workspace which is something that Vivek actually touched on she said because yeah. now you have all this free time and not free time essentially, but um, you're not around your colleagues and mm-hmm. you end up actually doing a lot more work, which is a paradox actually. <laughs> you end up doing actually, a lot more work. Yeah. Yeah, actually, um, that's what uh, we got. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, continue. Yeah, yeah, no, so sorry, Terry. I was just saying, actually, we got that feedback quite a lot. Uh, people trying yeah. to overcompensate, as, you, as you're saying, so that they, um, show their colleagues or show their supervisors that they're actually doing something. That's, exactly. that's a major Yeah. And just to maybe make it a bit lighter, um, there was actually something that I saw. Um, and this guy was like standing close to a pool and he had his phone on and yeah. you know, the camera was switched off and he was like, he was essentially in a meeting and he, um, the, the person that was leading the meeting was like, okay, everybody please turn on your cameras. And he was like looking at the screen like, wait, I'm like in the pool right now. Which is <laughs> really the reality of, it's amazing to really be able to work virtually, but I think yeah. the systems to support um, the habits as well, we need, we need to strike the right balance. And especially really? all the more, yes, all the more um, if we're coming from um I don't want to say third world countries, but countries mm. that are still in, in development. Yeah. They are still yes. in development. This, some of these things are new. Um, and in comparison, um, to, you know, demo, US demographics and all the other major economies, they may, yeah. have, they may have already had, um, some preparation leading up to, you know, where we are currently at a, at a, at a global scale. So. There's just so much to touch on, but like I said, I'm so excited because I have seen just from my own work experience, like right now, the things that I'm doing, I work as, I started off obviously in HR and I moved into sciences, but now what I'm currently doing, what is bringing home a lot of, um, I don't want to put it in monetary terms, but what is really (laughs) maximizing my value is yes. my ability to, yeah, my ability essentially to, to provide a client value. And this is mm. not like, it, it's some, some clients is really high value. Some it's just being consistent. Mm. You know, the way that you're communicating, the way that you're showing up virtually, the way that you also deliver um, certain deliverables. Yes. And all yes. these things are completed. They're extremely essential in the space that we're moving towards, if we're talking about hybrid working, if we're talking about, for example, um, okay, we're working virtually. It's not so much. We need to also get into that type of thinking that it's not so much that you need to always report yourself to be online, 
but what you are able to do within four hours or five hours, it's not that you're babysitting an office space. It's which traditional way of working, we still are embedded in that kind of thinking. So what are some of the tactics? Um, just this is obviously not an interview, but what are some of the tactics that um, you can throw to your team, for example, or encourage your team to look into to say that, okay, we are a virtual or we are moving towards this really exciting way of working. Yeah. What are some work-life balance tactics that you can, you know, teach teach them as well to be like, hey, to avoid to avoid burnout? What can you yeah. do to you know speak better as well? Because you're speaking through digital mediums, um, you need yes. to speak very clear so that you know nothing is distorted. What are some of the tips that you have experienced already um, in in your workspace? Sure. Um, all right. Before I touch on that, Asteria, there was, um, I think, two other things that I, I omitted in your last question when you asked about um, the challenges of sure. uh, moving to flexible hybrid. Yeah, um, a big one um, that I know from experience is technology. Um, when we first started working from home, there wasn't in, you know, enough this, there wasn't enough that. Um, this was not, you know, fully equipped. For example, some laptops needed software updates, et cetera, et cetera, Wi-Fi connections from home. So technology is a big one if we're talking about, you know, leaders trying to ready themselves for hybrid work and the new world of work. And I think um, the, the last one that I also wanted to touch on was a lot of companies still have manual processes. That is very challenging where basically once you leave the office, you can't work. So oh, I think... <laughs> so reality for, for everyone, you know. Yeah. So I'm sure you, you can relate. So there's a need for companies really to um, optimize their processes first and first and foremost. Really understand yeah. this is a process. Why do we do it this way? Can we do it better? And I think the answer is always yes. It's just a matter of how. And then really leveraging on technology to move the processes online. Some processes, honestly, there's no need. Why? There's no need. To, <laughs> complete a manual form and go and stand in a queue and do this and that, even payments. Like exactly. I just wanted to bring in those two because I think they're very, very important. And, and a lot of organizations and a lot of leaders struggle with those, yeah. with those two elements. Yeah. Perfect. Was it something that you wanted to, 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 to add on that? No, 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 um, no, no. Okay. All right. So in terms of work-life balance, uh, I think we're really all in the, in the learning boat. Um, but, but I do remember last year we had a, uh, we had organized something called wellness, wellness Wednesday series. And, uh, this was some of the topics, um, that yeah. we touched on in terms of wellness. And the first one really is, is, um, to set reasonable targets, uh, for yourself and for your teams as a leader as well. Do not, you know, expect too much, um, from your team and drive them into burnout and, and, you know, and stuff like yeah. that. So I think setting reasonable, targets, whether it's your targets for whether it's your to-do list for the day or whether it's your action plan for the week, um, they should be manageable. That's, that's a very good start. And then um, another one that has helped me uh, is to have boundaries, to yeah. know that in terms of time or that's in terms of chunks of work, say I'm going to focus on this and finish, finish this. Once I'm done with this, I'm going to take a break or I'm going to, you know, just uh, put my laptop aside. Uh, exactly. Or if you're still following the strict working hours, know that, okay, if I 
for example, if you're working flexible, if I start a bit early, I put in my eight-hour shift or my four-hour shift, then yeah. any time after this hour, I'm not available for calls. I'm not, I'm not checking my emails. I'm not attending yeah. to clients. Because one can get carried away easily if you constantly have your emails. You know, exactly. you, that's how you end up sending emails at midnight and, and stuff like I that. And, not, <laughs> and not to say there's anything wrong with that, really, because um, as we as, as um, we found, some people prefer to work at night, for example, late at night. There's nothing wrong with that. Yes. But as long as you set clear boundaries so that your work doesn't cripple into your your personal life. I think those yeah. two are the ones that I can give for, for now. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I love what you just said there because that's one of the bad habits that I have. Um, I I think I may actually be a workaholic. <laughs> um, not, <laughs> I just have this, especially the things that we're touching on um, in the executive role that I have with Billet specifically. Yeah. Uh, we are at the forefront of amazing things and we are rolling out, we are going to be rolling out some really exciting products. And I, it, I get into this mindset like that creativity zone where you are just, I'm, yeah. no, you're just on full max. Like ideas yeah. are just dropping left and right. And I, I know haven't been mean. in this. Yeah, I haven't been in this state of thinking. I mean, I am. I'd like to think I'm a creative, but I, yeah. the last time that I was in this zone, it was about four years ago, and that propelled me to do everything else in terms of oh. relocating from home. You know, yeah. the studies and a complete shift from the Namibian landscape. And I'm really excited to see how this is going to, to move forward as well. Yeah. But I totally understand what you said. The, the boundaries especially is super important. And also to clarify those boundaries yeah. with your team, with your supervisors, yeah. especially that. Um, I think in some part of the world, world, I can't remember which country, they have actually made it illegal for your boss to text you over the weekend. And I yes, think I saw such kind of, yeah, it, it's, it's really, it, it mandates it all the more that look, it is work, but it puts that whole focus to say that you do also need to take care of yourself. Um, and, you know, yeah. So exciting. Wow. This is really amazing. <laughs> yeah. You, you. You you said something um um it's very very important. I say um in terms of especially people doing creative work or when you just get that creative spark of genius yeah. out of nowhere, it can really uh kind of get overwhelming and you know sometimes know. just to control it can be very very difficult. So you know that I think self awareness and, and that's what I was speaking up from when you were talking. You're very very self aware. I think that's a very important skill yeah. to have self-aware yeah. and to be honest with yourself and to, I don't know, find techniques on how you can manage yourself. Because what you described now, I can totally relate. I, I go through those phases as well where you yeah. just ideas develop and you're just like, I don't have enough. <laughs> I don't have enough yes. paper. <laughs> you want to do so much, you know, but like, there's only really one you. So it's important exactly. to, to, to feel the well. And I think that's a concept I picked up from a book I read a few years back. Uh, this yeah. concept of feeling, feeling the well, you know, at some point, otherwise the world will run dry and all those brilliant ideas, you'll wonder exactly. why you can't either execute them or how come you can't just find that last step or that exactly. last walk with machine to work. Yeah. Exactly. And that's, a, yeah, I mean, creativity, it's, um, 
an elephant on its own, it's a mountain on its own that is really, we're going to touch on, on it as well, um, much later on in the podcast, who maybe can give birth to something else. But I think um, it's it's not something, and I've, I've said this on my personal um, Instagram stories, that it's so, so much easier to teach somebody to, you know, to learn a concept, but you can't teach creativity. You can't, you can teach somebody how to do things better, but those, um, the ability to look at something and five other people are looking at it and you are abstractly looking at it from a different point of view, that zone of genius is what is yeah. currently lacking in a lot of things. And that's where to be in that position where you're just yeah. like, it's almost like you're seeing in color, or seeing in 5D without the drugs, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. And I and I agree. That's it, really what's lacking. Yeah. Please go ahead. Yeah. No, no, continue. I'm listening. Yeah, no, no, no. So I was saying I agree. That's I see that lacking. I think it's um, all of us are, or many of us are painting, you know, within the boundaries. Um, yeah. And very few of us are actually able to look at something and critically analyze it and, you know, come up with something new or just, you know, that, as you said, spark of genius. Yeah. Yeah, reimagine. Exactly. Yeah. And it's a very valuable, I don't know if it's a skill or if it's a talent, but it's very, very valuable even in the marketplace. Exactly. Yeah, I think um, that's also one of the things, um, um, critical thinking, it's, you know, once you, you are able to tap into that high level, um, yeah, high level type of thinking, uh, or mental processes rather, yeah. a lot of, a lot of indus, industries and, um, organizations are looking for people that are able to think like that. We, we, I mean, just, and I always revert back to talking about Elon, like Elon Musk in my yeah. social circles. I think my sisters are really just sick of, hearing about it but <laughs> that one that one individual for example and so many other people that are, have done um, amazing stuff in their zone of genius it's really just looking at something and reimagining it to be you know look at it what are you looking at what if we mm. do it this way and yeah you know, and it's all not trying to dumb it down and say that no okay yeah I agree with your kind of thinking but you know it's yeah. Taking the limits off from, let's say that there is no right answer, there is no right solution. But whatever solution comes up, you can yes. think on that, you can build upon that. And from an Namibian point of view, it's really, it's really, we are really at an interesting um, juncture because, mm. first of all, we have a lot of investments um, and institutions um, that have been erected. Yes. Um, as a reason, as a result of having to, you know, drive more investments into the country. And then we're looking at the policies around um, the fourth industrial revolution and really prioritizing yeah. digitalization. So yeah. we have the cusp of, we had the cusp of amazing, um, I'd like to be very, very optimistic about this, yeah. very amazing ways of doing things. But who is at the forefront of these, of these, um, Policies and strategies. It's mm-hmm. human. It's humans. It's our. It's your powers. Yeah. Yeah. So, what I'm also proposing as a result of having these conversations is just create yeah. a spark that 
you ha- you do have the strategy. It's amazing. It, it's look. It, it, it's it's super amazing. But what you need to try to to change the focus to is harnessing mental power. You need 100%. to, yeah, and and it is possible. No, neuroplasticity has already proved that that you are able to acquire new skills at whatever age. Yeah. So, if we focus our our talent strategies or our training methodologies to really mm-hmm. tap into new ways of thinking, like literally yeah. force people to think critically about a concept, that propel it over time. That is mm-hmm. going to give birth to a lot more than what we're currently doing. So, but, I couldn't agree with you. Yeah, I think I think I might have a, I have a bias towards that because I'm in human resources because of my passion for people. But I think yeah. anyone would tell you all the countries in the world that have thriving economies that have sustainable development, all of them put a lot of focus on their people on talent. Exactly. I mean, you look at countries like Finland, for example, the education system. They invest so much in the education system, right. you know, and they train beyond the classroom, which I think is is really what we um, ought to be working on: training beyond the classroom, um, exactly. producing problem solvers. What what you were talking about, problem solvers, people that can look at anything, and the first thing that comes to their mind is just a solution. Exactly. You know, and instead of like kind of you know complaining and have this entitlement mindset. So I, I couldn't have, couldn't agree with you more. And in terms on paper, really, um, the the country and the leadership there seems to be a um, a focus on it. I mean, you look at the Vision Twenty Thirty statement; it speaks about yes. industrialized economy through its human resources. Um, yeah. So, like you said, there's uh, some vehicles now that have been set up in the country to drive investment, promotion, and development. For example. Um, I think, and also task force around for the industrial revolution. I think that yeah. talent needs to feature quite more prominently than it is currently. Um, yes. Namibia, for example, has a very unique talent value proposition. Yeah. Um, you spoke you spoke about neuroplasticity, uh, and 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 there's some interesting research that I just browsed through, um, and they were talking about how certain countries like Namibia, for example, because of um, because of factors such as um, a good early childhood development system and um, because of the fact of that we speak our native tongues, we are a trainable or teachable nation. That's a unique value proposition. You know? It doesn't exactly. mean that we're smarter than others, but you can actually learn new skills so you can upskill and reskill your, your, your talent force. That's a unique value proposition. You look at the fact that we our average age is 22 and a half years. Yeah, and amazing. a lot of countries are battling with an aging population, so, so they need yeah. workers, you know? Exactly. And, our, and, and, and we speak English. Yeah. And that's the lingua, franc, what do they call it? I forgot the name now, but that's, you know, the business language. A lot yeah. of countries can't actually service Europe, they can't service America because they simply don't speak English. We are fortunate yeah. we have an English speaking with a good literacy rate. And all these other things. So we could, we actually need to promote that and find investors. I, I don't see why we can't have, for example, call centers for big, for Nike and all these big organizations. In Namibia, we have right. young people with the right skills and the right mindsets. Wow. That, that is what you just said, the call center in Namibia, that is, why, why hasn't anybody thought of that? 
most you know economies they go they move to Asia. Exactly. You know. Yeah, but that also comes you know that type of thinking for the for for the individuals that are at the forefront of this um you know driving towards national agendas. Yes. I don't want to I don't want to use the word problem, but the challenge is really there mm-hmm. because you're not seeing the value of having to do that. For example, having establishing a call center within the country for all these yeah. major brands, capitalizing exactly. on the fact that we are, you know, our our country is we speak the the, the national language is English. Yeah. yeah, amazing. Yeah, no, totally. We have so much potential when it comes to talent. Um, I I said the other day on LinkedIn that Namibia can really be a big big player in terms of the. I mean, the world now is one one market literally. We used to read when I was in high school, we used to read about globalization and I used to, I remember I used to memorize it because it was just such a, it was just a theory. And now in exactly. I, I've said here in Ventuk and I've worked or I've done work with people in Switzerland and people in Asia and it's yeah. so easy to do that nowadays. So Namibia could really be a big player um, exactly. in terms of talent. Um, and, and some other things, for example, we, our labor costs are, are very competitive. Because we have yeah. so many people and our exchange rates are good. Um, connectivity, I can be at the village with my grandmother while I'm working on a project for Google. It's yeah. just so amazing. And, and the benefits, and I'm sure we'll touch on them um, okay. in a second, the benefits are just amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. which we are, we are, we're moving into the next conversation um, uh, point, actually. But sure. everything that you just mentioned, it's completely relevant. And we need people, we need more people like yourself, you know, and that's why I've really emphasized on the fact that you don't need more resources. You need agility mm. and lean methodologies. We were yes. able, and I, I will, because it's easier to speak and, you know, tell people that, yeah, we, we, we can, we're providing you with this type of solution, but I will build the solutions. And mm-hmm. I will actually go through the steps that this is the methodology that we used. Such in the case with Billet. Oh, we, wow. yeah. we built it in-house. Four ladies. Local. And, and we're still... Local, on a, local development. Yes. Wow. Which is... I mean, I'm just really blown away by um, our chief technical officer. She has done amazing work. And she's still working on a lot more. And as we're wow. going to be expanding on more products, it's really... Mm-hmm. And we are going to use Billet as a case study to say that, look, we may not have, as a yeah. country, for example, and to bring it back home, you don't need billions to drive change. Yes. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Have, yeah. Yeah. And if it's, if it, if let's, let's suppose, um, hypothetically, for example, if it was a case where we are, um, you're stuck on an island and you need to survive. You survive yeah. with the things that you are, that you see right in your reach. And what is right in our reach is the talent pool that you spoke of. Yeah. We have rich, uh, rich natural resources, the sun for yeah. one. I'm not yes. going to give these nuggets away for free right, right now. This <laughs> <podcast>. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But these are the things that you, you look around with what you're working with in comparison yeah. to all the other economies on the continent. And you maximize that. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. I think the work that you, you guys are doing uh, through Billet, and I know there's so, so much more coming. 
um, from your end, but the work that you guys are doing with Billet is so amazing. I mean, even just with this con- um, podcast, yeah, really just providing a platform for you know innovative minds and for people to have conversation around these issues and brainstorm exactly uh, and spark new ways of thinking and show people that these things are not intangible. You know, it's exactly. it's, it's reality. So I think the work that you guys are doing is important because hybrid work, freelance work, I think is really one of the cogs in Namibia's industrialization engine. And platforms such as Billet are are those gears that will propel our economy into 4IR and even beyond. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you. And obviously we're starting off at home um, before we move on to the next topic. We're starting off at home because we are, the the executive team is obviously Namibian. Namibians. Yeah. But it won't solely be just for Namibians. We're going to, uh, the vision that I have in mind is really just a, a takeover and really driving the fact that you can work and still be happy. It's not a fairy tale where you, you know, <laughs> you know where you need to wake up on a Monday and go to work. Like, that's yeah. what I'm doing right now. I'm excited. I'm like mm. literally excited to work on some of the projects that I that I have um, going on right now. And that is what I want each and every person to be able to experience in this lifetime still. <laughs> That's amazing. That's a beautiful vision. Yeah. That's amazing. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, continue. Yeah, no, I was just, I was just uh, blown away. That's an amazing vision. I think very clear and very relevant because... Um, I mean, freelance, for example, you can do it as a full-time or you, that could be your only job. Yeah. You don't have to have another job in freelance, but you could still, for example, someone like me, I'm, I'm quite passionate about um, um, human potential development, so things like training yeah. and you know, coaching and mentorship. So I could still have my full-time job and whatever yeah, exactly. I consider my other skills or my other passions, I can pursue that at the same time. Exactly. So, yeah, so there's no need, for example, for me to leave my full-time job because I want to pursue my passion unless I feel like I've reached a level now where I want to solely focus on that. I can yes, have exactly. the best of both worlds, my security that comes with a full-time job and do freelance. Exactly. And for example, if I even if I didn't have a full-time job, I could do freelance and earn a great income still. I'm, so, I'm telling yeah. you. And I mean, it's obviously right now on the African continent, we have... Um, we don't have our own systems and these, I'm not going to give it away here, but it's really looking into every country and realizing that, look, what currently exists in U.S. markets, it's not people that, you know, it's somebody that does not even have a college degree, earns yeah. more, triple. And I've seen this, like the numbers don't add up. It's crazy. <laughs> So we have a billion people on the continent, highly educated with a lot of qualifications to their names, but you are poor, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really just to say that the shift, the shift has happened elsewhere, really. We just need to catch up to say that, okay, in the absence of you not having a full-time job, Uh you can still earn and make, you can still earn money online. And yep. that's where these kind of conversations are important because people back home still think that, oh, online working, you get paid to be online. They still think like it's, you know, <laughs> it's similar to Forex trading. 
with people that's also what i try to make them understand um, um i think two months ago i was um having a talk on our university radio nast fm and i was yeah. telling this basically the, the, the listeners that most of the things that you know our young people spend way too much time and i sound old by saying this yeah. <laughs> we spend way too much time online whether it's social media on mention specific ones but yeah social yeah. media specific and the things that we do on there I was busy asking right you guys know that the things that you guys do on there for free you can get paid for I it's know. like the photography that these guys are doing and the video editing and the curating and the storytelling know. you know I know as like you could actually maximize your time and have an extra income be less dependent on your parents save up so that you just need one month of work and then you've got your first car first house whatever you're interested in and i mean for which really boils down it goes back to mindsets because somebody can be looking at oh i just have an and i have an instagram um, account for example but you're yeah. not seeing the value of actually like i mm. personally don't have a big following but what i share in my stories that's where i get yeah. value because i'm building I, trust around my own personal mm. brand and when i will eventually get to the point where i'm now focusing on um content creation around my name and everything else that I'll be doing with Billet there is already an an established understanding of who Astera is and what she does and her values but exactly. in comparison to somebody who's spending 40 hours per week on an app and what she's spending your time on is on comments mm-hmm. and you know checking up on whoever else is doing what and you know just it's not creating change it's not taking your life actually anywhere further but that goes back to mindsets what is it that you want that growth mindset what you know you know what i mean and 100% yeah yeah the thing is it's really easy to make money right now nowadays it's unless you really don't want to 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 get extra money or which i don't want to always sound like i'm really capitalistic about it but we are living in tough markets yes and what i've seen this weekend alone and how you know <laughs> the nordic people how they working and now i have a background in terms of um you know where i live in milan and just how people work yeah and if they, they yeah and it's so so super impressive to see because it's like okay yeah. like yeah i know yeah i wanted yeah. to mention something yesterday i hope it's fine um what you yes. just mentioned now i i i was reflecting on basically just our journey the two of us how we've known each other and how we've always kept in touch and how we right. really think similar um, and it's kind of like foresight i mean i don't need I to know. <laughs> on yeah. but it's, it's kind of like you know we're not thinking now we're not thinking yesterday we're thinking about tomorrow and now we can make it happen and and i, I when i reflected on that on your journey specifically i something hit me you you've always had a interest in traveling and going to new places and seeing new things and meeting people and i know 
yeah, maybe we can, maybe you can talk. I know this is your show, sorry. But maybe you can talk yeah. a bit on that. I'll just help with what you mentioned, mindset, because you more yeah. than I would probably know know best how that really developed you into yeah. a global citizen. Yeah, which will yeah. obviously will have um, a dedicated episode to my own personal journey. But for oh. the question, um, and I still remember us sitting in like, my cubicle <laughs> at NASA <laughs> with, um, was it Russell? And we were like, just, you know, yeah. I was, nope. was just, you know, I had this crazy ideas of just like, you know, I want to go out there and want to do all these things. And I wasn't yeah. actually... That's the thing. I didn't. I didn't know that I was actually putting a lot out in the universe. Yeah. yeah. And my passions are really in you know just meeting my own tribe, meeting mm-hmm. like-minded people who value um, experiences over materialism, which mm-hmm. I have met, and I'm still meeting yeah. and meeting a lot more people. But coming back to your question, essentially. Um, it took me from just experiencing a different environment for me to be able to to see another side of my personality, to see I, how mm. I'm able to think in another environment. And that's what really yeah. created a lot of change for me. Because, wow. yeah, and <clears throat> I want to, like I said, I'm at a stage now where it has become less now about um, material um, position, which yeah. I... I'm super blessed to to have, but it becomes less important when you're actually thinking about impact and well, just impact to the next person. I don't mm-hmm. just want to have, yeah, you have a nice house, but that's just, it, it's just a nice house. <laughs> There's a whole lot more problems happening on the continent and mm-hmm. around the world. And a fraction of my resources could solve some of those things. Yeah. So that's really just where I am mentally and yeah, it's. I'm looking really forward to bringing more people, like you said, yourself included, and so many people that I'm generally just connected with that share mm-hmm. the same values and taking it to the next level. Because the next level is already, it's, it's literally just around the corner. You need to prepare. Yeah. <laughs> you need to, yeah. But we'll touch on it. We'll have more conversations about that. So, yeah, no, that's fantastic. Yeah. And okay, we're gonna move into the next. Also, I can't wait for your for your session. Very very interesting journey. Yeah. 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 No, it's <laughs> and like you said something um way way earlier. You said um you need to be able to contain it, the creativity. Yeah. And yes. right now it feels like it's spilling over because mm-hmm. um I think I've mentioned that we were supposed to have this. We are supposed to have scheduled this podcast some. Weeks ago, and mm-hmm. literally each day for me looks different. It like something happens, and you're like, "Oh, okay, I'm gonna have to shift this around. I need to move this appointment, yeah. this appointment." But it's a, it's exciting uh, for me at least. It's exciting to be catching yeah. on to so many things, and so many people are actually getting to realize that I'm good at doing like brand strategizing. I'm mm-hmm. good at, um, yeah. Basically, just strategizing and seeing a bigger picture. That is where yeah. the majority of the work that I'm doing is really, it's, it's really where it's centered around. And I want to give that over to the next person to say, you don't need a fancy as, oh my yeah. God, goodness, I used to want to be using profanity. <laughs> we'll, we'll take that as the letter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
because you don't need a fancy college degree. Yeah. Um, super expensive for you to actually create impact. With 200 mm-hmm. followers, you can, you can yeah. inspire somebody and that person, you, you give them a new way of thinking and mm-hmm. if they act on it, they act on it. If not, you, you know, somebody will catch your energy. So. Yeah, it's, it's that mindset. Uh, it's really that yeah, mindset that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, and just, before, I, before we go into the next topic, we're going to spend two hours on this podcast. <laughs> 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 um, something that I read that was super interesting on Twitter. It was a quote by, yeah, it was one, I think he's a founder to some yeah. um, startup in the States. He said that the, the thing that's of importance um, yeah. as a founder, any person starting up, um, venturing towards something new, is your energy. It's not so much about the resources. Most wow. startups fail because founders run out of energy. And that just blew wow. my mind because it's... Wow. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because it's not so much about, yes, you may have you may have the resources or you may not have so many resources, but mm. how you're able to, you know, Right, even like in my case yeah. with you and everybody else that I invited, it's my energy that I was able to capitalize on and, and give over that vision to say that this is this is what I'm doing. This is my, my passion. Join me, uh, join me on the on the journey. And the you know the next person catches that, and we yeah. you know firecrackers, five firecrackers, we create a whole bonfire. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, that's that's really amazing. That's mind blowing. Because as a as someone that has uh, founded a startup, I yeah. I, I can hundred percent I can relate because with that energy, there's always a way. There's no blocks. Exactly. exactly. It's just like okay, this is our new challenge, guys. Especially if you have a, a fantastic team, what exactly. do we do now? You know, whether there's no money. And, I, and exactly. I'm just imagining if that energy is in there, you can't really do anything, even with the biggest investment or biggest budget. Exactly. You can't do anything. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you for that. No, you're welcome. So moving on to the next, because we're now in an hour already. Um, as it says, let's keep it short. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to briefly touch on your thoughts mm-hmm. around the significance of the freelance economy in Namibia and Africa. And I think you already touched on some really key issues already, but yeah, just maybe share your insights and then we can slowly start to wrap up here. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, what you guys are doing with Billet is absolutely visionary. Um, when, when, when I think before going through this, um, the earlier industrial revolutions, it mattered or it was a big thing if you build a factory. Right, yeah, because that means you're creating employment, people can work yeah. there. But what you guys are doing is a virtual workplace, marketplace, exactly. So, if these sort of infrastructures are so so significant, is significant to our development. I mean, um, the, the Americas are going through what is being termed the, the great resignation at the moment, yes, you know, with like a mass exodus of people leaving their job. I think I read one statistic that said last year, July. Yes. Two million people left their job mm-hmm. in one month. In fact, I think it was four million because when I thought about it, I was like, this was like almost two jobs for everyone here. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> how you know? so I, I thought about it. And, you know, what, what Billet is doing is really building a bridge um, in terms of we have the talent, we have the people. And yeah. because of COVID, you know, people have had all of these revelations and people don't want to spend so much time working anymore and they've got all these good social benefits in their own country. So exactly. employers are literally paying people to interview them. Exactly. So that's crazy. Why we yeah. are saying, oh, you got unemployed, which is, I think, one one of the, one. the biggest challenges. Places, you know, yeah. one of the biggest yeah. challenges. Last year alone, we, our graduates were about five, 6,000 in Nasta alone. Yeah. And they hopefully maybe say 40% are working. Maybe they were doing postgraduate. That still leaves about 3,000 people. Yeah. New graduate. So really for young people, this is a great opportunity. Um, yeah. I think that uh, the freelance economy and remote work um, can actually solve youth unemployment in Namibia. In fact, I'm working yeah. on an opinion, opinion piece. Focusing just yeah. on that, I really think the impact is is major. Uh, the the other yeah. thing is obviously for foreign um, foreign currency. I mean, we're working for companies uh, in exactly. Switzerland. We're getting foreign currency coming into the country. You know, so the like, GDP. Yeah. You know, that's an it's just unimaginable what impact that could have on the GDP, especially in terms of the money that we get coming into the country. We have so much, so many unemployed graduates and new graduates entering the job market yeah. that our job market is not able to to, to actually absorb. Exactly. And that has ripple effects on, 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 on other things as well. You look at one important index of a country, for example, is for, for at least for our country, is about 55% um, of our population is living in urban areas. So we've got an urbanization problem. And yeah. people come obviously to urban places because that's where they can find a job. But if you find a job in in another country through billet or you know through freelance yeah. work you can actually <laughs> stay in the village where you don't have I to know. pay rent you know there's no this high cost of living you know, it keeps exactly. on coming up and keeps on coming up in the top 10 cities in africa as cost of living all of this is actually reduced so it's just so unimaginable and super super important that everyone understand what this is everyone you know signs up to billet and exactly right. Yeah. Step into these opportunities.